a Spring Fox production. This is Resilience Real Time with Peter Sigley. Hi, I'm Simon Cook and welcome to Resilience Real Time with Peter Sigley. I'm delighted to have with me Peter Sigley, Chief Knowledge Officer from Spring Fox. With a stack of professional qualifications from psychology, counselling to economics, she is really well-placed to help us get under the surface of the key issues around resilience and well-being. And today, she'll be drawing on all of that experience as we unpack the interesting topic of compassion and empathy fatigue. Empathy and compassion are talked about a lot at the moment, and I certainly think they are both integral to success now and into the future. And so I'm really interested in understanding more about what empathy and compassion fatigue is all about. Hi, Peter, and thanks for joining me again for a topic that I know will be really relevant and very interesting. Thanks, Simon. Uh, Again, a big topic, but really looking forward to discussing this one. Okay, so look, I know... The term compassion fatigue is a relatively new one, and I'm pretty sure there will be many people, as well as many of our regular podcast listeners, who have never heard of it. So what are we talking about? Simon, as you know, we've spoken about empathy and compassion throughout the podcast series, and you are correct in saying that many people may not have heard of the term compassion fatigue, or if they have heard of compassion fatigue, they may not know much about it. So what are we talking about? Well, Fiona Cocker and Nerida Joss wrote a really great uh, journal article, and in their article, they described compassion fatigue as that convergence of secondary trauma stress or traumatic stress and cumulative burnout. In its simplest terms, this is really where we have a reduced ability to feel empathy or compassion for others, and this is due to feeling emotionally and physically exhausted as we take on others' trauma. We know also that high stress, secondary trauma, burnout can co-occur with or actually form components of compassion fatigue. So it's fair to say it's a pretty hard place to navigate. So another thing I want to get real clarity on is empathy fatigue. Are empathy and compassion fatigue related or are they simply the same thing? Well, it's fair to say that most people commonly talk about compassion fatigue And that's sort of what we hear around the place. People talk more about compassion fatigue than empathy fatigue. But work by Tricia Dowling makes a really clear distinction between the two. And you are right to hone in on this area because there are differences between empathy fatigue and compassion fatigue. Of note, Tricia states that compassion fatigue is not what many of us may think it is. The reality is, in fact, that we are labelling what we're experiencing incorrectly. So compassion is where you have those feelings of warmth, concern and care for others as well as a really strong motivation to improve others well-being so compassion goes beyond feeling with the other person to feeling for the other person and there is the distinction we're able to take action to support others and this tends to leave us feeling capable and effective which is really that feel good feeling that we get when we're able to support people Empathy, on the other hand, is where we resonate with other people's feelings, both positive and negative. So, for example, this might be where we're feeling happy when other people are experiencing joy or we feel some level of distress when people are experiencing pain. In fact, it is probably more about sympathy than compassion really is what we're talking about here. For many of us, this overcaring for others can mean that we no longer want to feel any feelings and it makes it really hard to relate to others when this is happening. So it's certainly not great for relationships. 
So for many, it's more around empathy that fails, not compassion. And this is definitely an interesting distinction. But for many people, the use of empathy fatigue and compassion fatigue are interchangeable and the difference is not really that important to them. So we'll probably look to combine both those terms as we go through. Okay, so earlier you talked about cumulative burnout and compassion fatigue co-occurring. So it sounds like there's some crossover here. But just for complete clarity, they're not the same thing, are they? You're spot on. They are similar, but they are different. Firstly, compassion fatigue can happen quite quickly and burnout tends to develop over a period of time. Compassion fatigue is due to feeling someone's pain, whereas burnout is really about feeling drained. And I love the way that sentence hangs together, feeling pain versus feeling drained. Burnout is really associated with those feelings of hopelessness and difficulties in dealing with work or in doing your job effectively or doing it well. Uh, You can definitely feel that your efforts might not amount to too much or that you're not making a difference or that it means nothing. Or you can also associate it with really high levels of workload or in a non-supportive work environment, you're feeling a bit distant. So these negative feelings usually take a little while to build. And so there's a gradual onset around burnout. Secondly, it appears that compassion fatigue is easier to work with and to treat than burnout. So they're the big distinctions that I would talk about. That makes complete sense. Look, I'm really interested in who is most likely to suffer from empathy or compassion fatigue. Well, it's probably not surprising to hear that the people who have dedicated their working lives to helping others report high rates of compassion fatigue. Our first responders are highly represented here. So who are we talking about? We're definitely talking about our police, our paramedics, our health workers, welfare and social workers, counsellors and psychologists. These professionals are faced with long-term exposure to trauma because this is what they do within their roles of caring for others. It is really important to note that whilst these fabulous individuals are at risk, other people can also be at risk and it does impact others as well. So as I said at the beginning, increasingly we're having this conversation with leaders and managers across many different industries, certainly within education, within law, within business, within defence. And it's certainly something that we're talking more about since COVID-19. So as leaders look to support staff, and I would say uh, for this group of people that we're talking to, it's not so much compassion fatigue, but empathy fatigue that these leaders are experiencing. Okay, so if I'm suffering from empathy or compassion fatigue, what am I likely to experience? There are a number of things that people may notice or display or present with empathy and compassion fatigue. And this would include things like a lack of investment in their own self-care, trouble concentrating. We hear that a lot. In fact, there's a real trouble of letting go of what they've seen or what they've heard. And they can't help but going back and thinking about that event or that person. And we've had that experience ourselves when we do one-on-one work with people as people's stories resonate and sometimes quite strongly. Sometimes we're left feeling numb or feeling helpless, which can mean that we want to pull away and withdraw. For some people, it may mean feeling really frustrated or irritable and even carrying with them a level of self-contempt because they're not responding the way that they want to respond. And physically, many people will present with physical symptoms. So they'll talk about aches and pains, for example, increased numbers of headaches or severity of headaches and having upset stomachs, things like that. 
Okay, so how might that show up for me in a work context then? Look, it's not great, I'm going to be honest with you. For relationship, it certainly means it's harder for us to relate to others and we know when that happens we're not necessarily knowledge transferring as well. Uh, Social cohesion takes a bit of a hit. Uh, Levels of trust can take a bit of a hit. And so, you know, that dynamics within teams can be challenged. And as you can appreciate, it may mean that people need to take some time away from work just to simply recover. Thank you. Now, look, I want to go back to something you said earlier about treating empathy and compassion fatigue. What I was wondering is if before we have to start to treat it, is there a way of preventing it? It just seems such an awful price to pay for caring and supporting others. The good news is there is lots that can be done to reduce the likelihood of developing empathy, compassion, fatigue. There is a professional quality of life scale, uh, which is a questionnaire about this very space. And that was developed by one of the world's leading experts on compassion fatigue, Beth Hundle-Stem, who goes to help us identify those early signs and symptoms around this space, which when we can do that, there is a greater ability for us to you know, have some level of intervention, early intervention that stops things progressing further. In terms of actual strategies, uh, it's not going to be surprising for you to say to me, oh, that sounds like the performance supply chain, that alignment of body, heart, mind, spirit that we've spoken so often about. And so this is going to leave you thinking, well, this is resilience real time as we start to talk about this space. So we're talking about things like reducing stressful workloads, uh, noticing changes in sleep and working on those really uh, strong practices to optimize sleep. Exercising regularly fits in here. Eating well fits in here. Meditation, I'm going to really push meditation here because what we're talking about here is working on our ability to stay present and not get caught up in um, that rumination space. Ensuring that we take regular breaks and I'm going to say a longer holiday is really important here and not get caught up using all our leave in three or four day blocks because there is a need to disconnect and literally recalibrate and seeking support, professional support, really important and something not to be dismissed or overlooked. And, you know, these strategies that we talk about um, reducing the likelihood of developing empathy, compassion fatigue is also the same strategies we'd use to treat empathy or compassion fatigue. As our regular listeners will know, I always ask you about the leadership implications in the topics we cover. And this one's no different. So for leaders who are facing this, what is the takeout? When addressing compassion fatigue, Psychology Today Australia actually references a 2015 study in the Journal of Continuing Education in Nursing, which really argues for resilience training as a foundation to develop those very necessary skills to support individuals to not only recognise but to actually address compassion fatigue. And I'm going to say this is not a standalone study. There are lots of studies that come up with the same conclusion. The 2015 study actually reports that participants in the study describe how the training program benefits them not only professionally but personally. And again, that speaks to that integrated approach of resilience. All the participants described one or more self-improvements as a result of the program. And what was really pleasing to see was this was particularly in regard to emotional health. All the participants, again, were able to describe how they regularly applied one or more of the resiliency skills taught in the program to improving the way that they manage or master stress and prevent compassion fatigue. So not surprisingly, I am in total agreement with that body of research and say that investment in resilience programs for leaders and staff is the way forward in this space. 
Leadership, as you and I know, speaks to being underpinned by empathy and compassion. And we know that from our work within our own social investment model. And so therefore, I would say to you, compassion and empathy fatigue will likely to have a negative or disabling effect for leaders in their success in how they're leading their teams. And so awareness and focus in this area will absolutely help with their success to leading their team. Thanks, Peter. This has been a truly relevant conversation for us, which I'm certain will resonate with everyone, given our experiences in 2020 and what we continue to face this year. Thanks again for taking us through this important topic. My pleasure. Thanks, Simon. Join us next time on Resilience Real Time. Until then, keep well. This is a Spring Fox production, hosted by me, Simon Cook, edited by Claire Taylor, music written, composed and produced by Josh Jones. Tune in next time wherever you find your podcasts or check out our website, springfox.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to help others find this podcast.